0: Hello and welcome into to another edition of the Inside Nebraska podcast. He is Steve Marek, staff writer at Inside Nebraska. I am Greg Smith, senior recruiting analyst also at Inside Nebraska. It would be weird if we work at different places. Yeah. Um, and we are here uh, for another rapid recap, kind of of what we've heard over the last couple of days. Um, we've got a lot of football here in the last two days. Uh, we heard, of course, from Mickey Joseph yesterday and kind of the Tuesday kickoff. I keep wanting to say Monday it's not Monday any longer. Get that out of my vocabulary, the Tuesday kickoff. Uh, for the week. Uh, We also heard from a handful of players Casey Thompson, Nick Henrich, Ethan Piper, and Ty Ty Robbins as well, which is good to hear from Ty. We haven't heard from him in a while, Mm -hmm. especially with him playing well here recently. Uh, And then today uh, was coordinator day, right? We just get the two coordinators, defensive coordinator, uh, interim defensive coordinator Bill Bush, and then offensive coordinator Mark Whipple also spoke today. So there's a lot of different ways that we can go. Um, We'll start here. Mickey Joseph, the biggest thing he said to me, um, and, and there were plenty that he talked about, um, was he talked about the so called sellout um, at, at um, Rutgers on um, Friday night last week. Um, and that was the part that got a lot of attention, and I think rightfully so. It was a very funny comment. You can hear the laughter uh, in the video. If you missed it, it's right here on our YouTube channel. Um, or if you're listening to this with the audio version, it's over on our YouTube channel if you want to catch that. Um, but he also had another part to that quote that I found really interesting, uh, which is he said his team needed to embrace the chaos and he's wanting that he's wanting this Purdue game to be a sellout and it sounds like he might get his wish. Yeah
1: absolutely. Purdue at night it is a good environment. I I, um, always think back to when Ohio State had to go to West Lafayette under the lights and um, you know that was a Rondale Moore years over there at Purdue and and they knocked off Ohio State and it was a very good atmosphere. I'm expecting very similar um to that this this weekend um you know purdue is playing well they won three straight they have a six-year quarterback who can throw it over the yard i think it's going to be a really good environment and like Uh, Mickey Joseph said he wants that sellout because he did not believe that Rutgers was a sellout, even though Rutgers said it was a sellout. You were there, was it? Yeah, I was there. I mean, no, it was not a sellout. (laughs) There were not as many butts in the seats. Now, were the seats paid for, I don't know that. Mm -hmm. So it technically could have been a a sellout, but as for butts in the seats, not really. Uh, There were plenty available. There was a New York Mets game going on across Mm -hmm. town. um, So uh, maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, to Mickey's point, it was not a sellout, but he definitely wants wants the chaos and wants to sell out for uh, West Lafayette, and I think he's going to
0: get it. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to get it, and it's going to be an interesting environment, like you said, out there. Um, we'll have full coverage of that coming up this weekend as well. Um, but I think that we heard, like I mentioned earlier, some of the players that we heard from yesterday as well, it kind of caught my attention. Um, two things. One, you have a story up that's really good right now. Go check it out on Nebraska.Rivals.com about Nick Henrich and Ty Robinson and never being out of a fight. Um, that really stood out to me because it was something, if you guys saw it on Twitter, like they brasil put out a good social media video as they tend to do um, about never being out of the fight nick henrich had it written kind of on his um, Mm -hmm. forearm tape and he spoke about why he started saying that and how that became kind of a team mantra and other guys started to pick it up but ty robinson his play lately, really embodies that
1: yeah and i think that like you said it embodies ty robinson because you weren't hearing a lot of ty robinson's Mm -hmm. name like you know in the first four games then the bye week happens and then, you know, he has his best game of the season against Indiana where he had a sack, four tackles. Now, he didn't record an official stat last week against Rutgers, but that doesn't mean he didn't have an impact. He absolutely had an impact. Go, wa- go watch him. And although he didn't rack up any stats, what he was doing, taking up, taking up blockers, um, forcing early throws went uh, from Noah Bedrill. Ty Robinson is playing some good football right now, and I think he's going to continue to do that, and um, that speaks to – um, Nick Hendricks' uh, motto the you know, never out of the fight and plus what Mickey Joseph said about him and defensive coordinator Bill Bush coming and talking specifically to Ty Robinson and wanting more because everybody knows that Ty Robinson so much he has a lot of potential you know he has an NFL body but it just the production hasn't been there and so uh, Bill Bush and, and Mickey Joseph went and talked to to their uh, six, foot six, three 310 pounder, and, and they got a little something out of him. So I think I think that was a good leadership moment from, from Bush and, and Joseph.
0: Yeah, and what, what did you think about Ty? Ty did talk about kind of responding to that and kind of pushing through kind of, and taking that criticism. I thought that he took it well. The same way that we talked um, either last week or the week before about Casey Thompson and Mark Whipple and kind of their medium of the minds, I guess I would say, on the mm-hmm. sideline a couple of games ago, we thought that Casey took that really well. I thought that Ty was really good in how he said that he kind of embraced that because Maybe yeah, we he could do more as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ty, Ty Robinson is great. He doesn't run from anything. When he's, when he's playing bad, he'll tell you, like, yeah, I'm not getting the job done. I'm like, okay, that's, that's refreshing to hear from a player. Um, but, yeah, I think it was really mental with Ty Robinson, and he just needed something good to happen. You know, these guys, the past four or five years, even longer, they've been beat down. They've been beat down. A lot of the losses have been piling up. And for, for this two-game win streak to happen when it is before big game against Purdue, I think it's doing a lot for the mindset of this team, and specifically Ty Robinson up front. Because Ty Robinson is the guy up there. He's the lone returner from that group last year um, who was really good. And, you know, up, up the first four games, like I mentioned before, he, it wasn't that great. But the past two, they have been pretty good, and I'm just excited to see um, how, how Ty Robinson responds again for a third straight week, third straight weekend. Yeah, I think, I think he's taking coaching really well. I think this is with Bill Bush now in charge, and it's just a new flavor, a new way to look at things, a fresh outlook,
0: and I think it's really impacting Ty Robinson. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, we mentioned we heard from the coordinators today. Mark Whipple um, spoke to, to reporters today. I guess, what was the big thing that you kind of took away from the discussion with him? Because there were a lot of different ways that he went as well.
1: Yeah, he always goes a lot of different ways, but that's just <laughs> right. who Mark Whipple that's was. <laughs> let's let's pare it down to three things. He mentioned that, remember that fourth and one in the second half? Yeah, I think all, those of you watching remember that fourth and one. Yeah. We had a lot of chatter about Absolutely. that on the board. Right? Yeah, so it's fourth and one. You know, it's in the second half run it, right? You have an all Big Ten caliber back in Anthony Grant. You have a 230 pound a bulldozer in, in uh, Jockey Ant, but what happens? They spread it out. They throw a, a, a short pass on fourth and one, and it falls incomplete, and everybody's looking around like, did that actually just happen? Did he literally just... There are sometimes yeah. where things, you know, when it's <laughs> aftermath, and it gets second yeah. guess. That one happened right on anyway. Immediately, <laughs> people are like, what the heck was that, Mark Whipple? And so Mark Whipple talked about it, and, and he said, you know, he was right there, he was gonna call, uh, he explained himself basically, he was going to call a timeout if, if um, he didn't get the look that he liked defensively for that specific empty set play, yep. but he got the look that he wanted and Casey Thompson also after the game said that, you know at first he wasn't really sure about the play, but once the defense came out and they, and they looked um, in that empty set, they liked what they saw, but apparently they, obviously they didn't execute the play and, and catch the ball, I think it was Marcus Washington um, had an
0: incompletion. So. Good, good play by the defender. That's what it Casey was. said. Yes. Say, you yes. say it
1: was a good play. Absolutely. It was, it was a good play, just not executed uh, well. So, um, yeah, we'll have more on that. I'm planning on doing a story later this afternoon to, to talk about that fourth and one. And then also, Tommy Hill at wide receiver. Um, it was confirmed by Mickey Joseph yesterday. Um, Started the first four games at corner. Didn't really go well. It's kind of a been a rough go for Tommy Hill, a second-year player, transferred from um, Arizona State. Hasn't really gone well defensively but he's a really good athlete and I think a lot of people know that one of the better athletes on the team so you still want to find a position for him a role for him and you know he's a good receiver at at, um, Edgewater High School in Orlando and uh, he caught over a thousand yards in his final two years there so they're trying him at a wide receiver in it right now and you know my my ears perked up my eyes got wide when that's a super he, interesting thing. He, yeah he came out in pregame warmups warm-ups with the receivers not with the defensive backs And a like new a, number new number he was wearing number two and number two is obviously isaiah garcia castaneda who just entered the transfer portal on tuesday so um yeah that was another thing and we'll have more on time hill and when what uh, mark whipple thinks about him as a receiver. And then the third thing, just Purdue, uh, veteran uh, veteran group, Mark Whipple called them, and they are six year quarterback, Aiden Adrian, Adrian O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Charlie uh, Charlie Jones, the uh, stud wide receiver transferred from, from Iowa. Um, he's playing. Iowa let someone, uh, an yes. actual good offensive player. Yes, win. Sorry, absolutely. No shade to the
0: Hawkeyes. No, guys. I mean. That might be a yeah. Brian parents thing. I'd yes. throw in some Iowa shade.
1: Y- yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Jones, just receiver's paradise from where he came yeah. from um, with Spencer Petras and, and Brian Ferentz. But enough Iowa talk. <laughs> um, yeah, just some really high praise from both. Mark Whipple and Bill Bush on on what Purdue has. They have a really good team. This is going to be a really tough, tough game for Nebraska. Yeah, it
0: absolutely is. And and on the flip side of that, you know, Bill Bush talked about the different challenges that Purdue uh, presents. Um, Nick Henrich also talked about that yesterday just about it. They are as difficult to prepare for as any team in the Big Ten because of all of the different looks that they give you. It's really going to be a game that really stresses and tests the back seven of, Mm -hmm. of Nebraska's defense, especially as we now kind of figure out or try to figure out what the injury status is yeah. with Luke Grimer and Quentin Newsome. You're going to need those veteran players that have played a lot of ball to be able to read and identify the things that Purdue does. One thing
1: I was thinking about if Luke Grimer can't go that means Malgat Clements, who we call Pick City Vaugh, <laughs> um, greatest nickname on earth. But uh, he if he if, if Vaugh does play some extended snaps here for Luke Reimer, because Luke Reimer was called Day to Day by Mickey Joseph. We'll just find out later on in the week how, how much Luke will play. But um, that's that's gonna be a tough matchup for a guy like Vaught who hasn't played a ton this year but has gotten out there, but now he's playing a Purdue offense that loves to, you know, mesh mesh routes. Have one receiver That's going one way and another receiver going that yeah. yeah. communication is going to be incredibly important just to pass off the, these receivers who are going sideline to sideline um, and and for a new linebacker who hasn't really experienced that um like ball might i mean it's it's going to be tough you you want nick henrik out there luke grimer out there who have been there done that against these guys um, and then the corner situation brandon moore the central florida uh, becoming transfer. a great story. Yeah, he is becoming a really good story, a seventh-year guy, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is crazy. But uh, he's getting another chance after a rough, rough injury history um, with him. So it's good to see him get out and, and play extended um, snaps for Quentin Newsom, who was also called day-to-day um, and didn't play in the entire second half at Rutgers. So we'll see. Quentin Newsom is another one to keep an eye on. But um, I think Bill Bush feels good about Malcolm Hartzog on one side, and Brandon Moore on the other. Now Hartsock did give up a 33 and a 34 yard um, completion. Those are good plays. I mean, Malcolm was right there. He was right in there. position. He yeah, was in position. Yeah, that's the one thing that yeah.
0: I keep, like, it's different if he was, you know, trailing the play and, like, yep. totally got burnt on the play, but he actually yep. was in position, which is probably why he got pulled from the game because yep. it was more frustrating to see it happen that way versus if you just get toasted. I
1: think if you're a young guy like Malcolm, he gives up those plays, like, almost back to back. I think you kind of set him on the sideline just so he can he mentally can recover. Yep. For sure. Just, like, settle down. You tell him you're going to go right back out there. Um, but yeah, so that's just an interesting thing to look at with the corner situation
0: if Quinton Newsome can't play. Um, but, you know, none of that's confirmed and we'll just keep an eye on it the rest of the week. We will definitely be keeping an eye on that and plenty more here the rest of the week, both on this YouTube channel right here. Make sure you like and subscribe to, um, to this channel and the video.